Our children are dismissed for their continued worship with children's worship. As they go, it is our great privilege to welcome Dr. David Cassidy to this pulpit this morning. Dr. Cassidy became the president of the Baptist Seminary of Kentucky two years ago, I believe this month, and we are happy to have him with us. I contacted one of his colleagues, Dr. Laura Levins, who uh, was with us in February on a Wednesday night to ask her how she would describe Dr. Cassidy, and these are her words, that he has energy that swirls around him, prodding others on towards good things, that he has his ear to the ground and looks to encourage all ideas around him and supply them with foundations to grow. That his leadership style is all about flourishing, creating an openness towards future surprise and possibilities. That he is an artist of creativity, a well-rounded, thoughtful leader and person. Dr. Cassidy, we're happy to have you. Thank you, Carol. And now I guess when I get back, Dr. Levins is going to want to raise. <laughs> it's extremely good to be back at Highland Baptist Church. Uh, this, is, this is a wonderful church uh, that we feel as a partner already with BSK in so much of what we do in Kentucky and here in Louisville. Uh, I would like to just recognize that we have in the uh, space today a couple of our incoming trustees Uh, Bill Holmes, who you've already heard from this morning, is coming on board in June. And Larry Gray, who is here, is going to be coming on board in June. And we are so excited to have both of these persons from this good congregation to be part of the guidance for the Baptist Seminary of Kentucky. There are also a couple of other people here. Uh, My wife is here. Hi, Regina. She elected, for some reason, to only come to one of the three services this morning. (laughs) I don't know what's with that. But... um, John and Leela Hendricks are here, and (laughs) John was my senior professor in my doctoral work, so anything I do today that's offensive or problematic, just blame John. (laughs) Uh, The Baptist Seminary of Kentucky is focused on forming creative leaders for congregations in a changing time. It's important work, and we're trying to do that in some very new kinds of ways. One of them, which is close to home here, is that we have set up a campus at Simmons College of Kentucky right here in Louisville. Uh, We started that in January of 2018, and already half of our students attend at the Louisville campus at Simmons College. But more than that, our collaboration there with that great HBCU has begun to transform BSK. It's changing us, and we are looking forward to what the journey is going to bring for both of these institutions as we walk together into the years ahead. I hope you will take some information about BSK from the Commons area um, after the service today because it will tell you a little more, and there's a lot more on our website. But a couple of things I would just mention. We are working to form a new rural ministry program, which will launch this fall. Uh, in collaboration with the Berry Center in Henry County, working to help nurture a new generation of ministers for rural congregations who will stay there across their career. We're also, uh, last year, late, we launched a new center called the Flourish Center, of all things, and it is focused on encouraging congregational imagination. We think that's so important for churches trying to find their way forward in this changing world. But thank you, Highland, for your support of BSK 
your partnership means so much to us and your support is what allows us to do what we do. Well, if if you'll forgive me, I'd like to read the scripture as part of the sermon in just a moment. But first, I want to talk a little bit about imagination. Einstein reportedly once said, the true sign of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. Imagination involves thinking about possibilities, things that aren't necessarily real yet but could be, things that are possible or maybe we think not possible. It's about trying things out in our minds to see how they might work or come about. Or it may be that imagination for you is about imagining yourself differently. However you understand imagination, it is about possibility. Now, I can't play the guitar, but I can imagine learning how to play it. And I can't currently speak Spanish, but I can imagine learning how to speak the language. But I cannot imagine being an accountant. I mean, seriously, I can barely work a calculator. And I can't imagine rebuilding an engine. I'm terrible with tools and mechanical things. So guess what? I have never attempted, I haven't never even attempted accounting, praise God, nor have I ever changed the oil even in my own car. We don't do the things we can't imagine doing, do we? George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, says you can't do it unless you imagine it. So what do you imagine? What possibilities, or lack thereof, do you imagine for the road ahead? And how about God? As you relate with God, is God a person, a creator who is about imagination, who is even now imagining? Or is God fixed and stuck in place? I happen to think God imagines all the time, that God sees possibilities and even wonders, hey, wake up, why aren't we seeing the same possibilities as God? Well, listen to this text today from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 16. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. And also he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of the Lord. 
But did you hear that first part? It starts with this new Jerusalem coming to us. And it's not that we are drawn to the new Jerusalem and lifted up to it. It's that it comes down to be with us. It comes here. And notice the language of presence that's, that's, uh, that's solidly present in that first part of the passage. It says, see the home of God is among the mortals. He will dwell with them and they will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. God's imagination is not separated from this world. It is deeply immersed in it. The new Jerusalem comes here. God is present here among us, with us. And in the passage, to me, it sounds an awful like, a lot like God is imagining stuff. He's imagining what could be. And not just imagining, but but planning to make it a reality. Uh, Listen, I mean... He says, we will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. Now, I can't imagine a world where there's no place for tears. And I can't imagine a world where death is no more. And I can't begin to imagine a world where mourning and pain are non-existent. I mean, seriously, it sounds like crazy talk, doesn't it? But God is imagining it. God is imagining these things. And there's more. In verse 5 we read, See, I am making all things new. And we need some things made new, don't we? Just think of the ways people have made a mess of what God has created. We exploit and pollute our earth, destroy forests and rivers, poison our oceans. But God imagines making all things new. The peoples of this world cannot seem to get along. We fight, we argue, we abuse, we oppress, we silence, we kill. But God imagines making all things new. And we too often believe the lie of scarcity that there is not enough That there's only enough money for a few to have health care, education, meaningful work, living wages. That there's not enough food, so some have to be hungry. That there's not enough love, so some have to be outcast and lonely. But God imagines making all things new. I recently saw the Oscar-winning movie Free Solo. Have you seen it? It's well worth watching. Now, if you have vertigo, maybe be careful, but it's, it's well worth watching. It's the story of Alex Hanold, who attempts to become the first person to ever free solo climb El Capitan. Now, El Capitan is a mountain that's 3,000 feet tall, and it's a face of sheer granite. Free soloing is about climbing without protective gear. No ropes, no harnesses. If you fall, you die. No one had ever climbed El Capitan before free solo. Now, while I think Alex is completely insane for wanting to do this, and being interested, frankly, in taking such a giant risk, I am fascinated by his process. First... 
he looks at this thing and says, I'd like to climb that with no ropes. That's imagination. That's dangerous imagination. Because other people, certainly me, look at that same face and go, that's beautiful. Let's take a picture of it. He can imagine climbing that face. But Alex doesn't just imagine the climb and then rush up there and go climb. No, he goes into a really intricate and careful process of planning and preparation. He he gets close-up photos of the face so he can plan out a course to make his way up the face of that mountain. He practices. He gets a crew together. He wears harnesses, uses ropes. He's safe. And he practices making that path up the mountain over and over and over again until finally he has memorized that path as surely as a dancer has memorized choreography. Finally, he works up the courage to climb El Capitan free solo. On his first attempt... He slips shortly after he gets off the ground and decides that day is not the day for him. A few weeks later, he musters up the courage again. And in the wee hours of the morning, he returns and free solo, climbing with nothing but his fingers and his toes, he climbs El Capitan. And a few hours later, he's standing atop it. Now, I'm not advocating that you start climbing things without a safety harness. Don't do that. But I still think he's insane. But I think we can learn a lot of the power of this dangerous imagination from Alex. For he could imagine something that others could not. And he was willing to put in the time and the effort and the planning and the practice to make it happen. And then he still needed courage. He had to have the courage to follow through. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of days I come home from work And I look at the news, and I feel despair creeping in. The problems are so big. The need is so great. The fear is so strong. The hate is so ugly. The hurt is so deep. It's tempting to just walk away. Are there really solutions to these gigantic problems? Can we really imagine looking at those and thinking, that can be fixed? That can be solved. We can do better. There are other possibilities. Can we imagine it? I'll let you in on a little secret. God is not out of ideas. We may sometimes feel like we're out of ideas. Like these problems are too big. Everything's been tried. But God sees possibilities we can't imagine yet. Can we listen? Can we join in with the work of God in this work of holy imagination? God imagines newness in all the places we see darkness and evil. All of them. So where we are tempted to turn away in despair, I hope we can remember that God's imagination is alive. God isn't out of ideas. Well, is it possible that to live into our faith, to fully walk as disciples, we are called to exercise imagination? To see possibilities where others do not? Scripture is full of people whose imaginations allowed them to see potential and possibilities ahead. Moses, who imagines that the Hebrew people can be freed from bondage by God. Caleb, who imagined the people could leave the wilderness and enter the promised land. 
Ruth, who imagined she could help shape a new life for her and her mother-in-law in a new land. Zacchaeus, who imagined that the way of life Jesus offered was worth shedding his life of exploitation and greed. And there are so many others. Friends, faith and imagination are blended together to flourish. I am convinced that we have to join in with the imagination of God and to strive to bring that holy imagination to life. What does God the God of imagination, believe that you and this congregation can do in this world. I can't wait to see what you imagine and create with God's help in this place. You give me hope. Thanks be to God.